0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week Podcast. We're on location in Piermont in Sydney. Special guest today, Shane Jacobson.
1: Well, I don't have a special guest, just a dinner guest. <laughs> we shouldn't put the word special against my name. Well, well, my are, wonder what I think I'm
0: doing. Yeah, I haven't tried many of these. At, we're actually at a restaurant. Yeah. No food's arrived yet, but we'll try and knock this off. Before we get distracted before by the, the spicy prawns arrive.
1: <laughs> Sorry for anyone listening that's now got the taste of prawns in their mouth, but uh, the dumplings are coming after that. Now I'm just making it worse, mm. aren't
0: I? <laughs> so, we're in limited time, there's a lot to chat to you about. Yes, so, certainly. I want to certainly stay on topic to start with. Um, little Big Shots Sunday nights on Seven. Have you worked much for Seven before? Um, believe it or not, my, my entertainment life started with Seven because
1: I used to be the warm-up guy for Channel 7 TV shows, and I used to do lighting back, back in the day because uh, I've kind of lived about, well, according to my parents, I've lived about 200 lives but, uh, and, and just about killed them in every one of them, but, um, you yeah, I used to be a lighting designer and and a lighting operator, so I was, and, uh, and a lighting director, so I used to do shows at Channel 7. So Channel 7, in Melbourne in particular, was kind of a home to me for a, for a very long while. So We're talking 90s, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- l- um, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. and, and
0: all through the 90s, really. You'd tell some of the shows you would have. Yeah.
1: That I did, um, so there was uh, Funniest Home Videos, I used to do warm-up on that. There was okay. a show called Live and Kicking, right. um, which I was the warm-up guy on, and mm-hmm. um, I look, at a myriad of things. It was a footy show, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah it, was, okay. it was in competition with the footy show back then. Right, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, and, I, and, and and doing lighting was for everything. I mean,
0: brownlow medals and goodness knows what. I did it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me, Little Big Shots, how did it come about? Well, for, that, for those that don't know the format,
1: it, it where the idea of the show, the kernel of an idea, came from Ellen DeGeneres with her show. Yeah. Um, She quite often had, and still does, has kids that she might find on the internet or on social media, Um, kids with a talent or a skill, or just to do something incredibly entertaining. Um, And it doesn't... Same with her show, doesn't have to be singing or dancing per se, um, but just kids who, who've demonstrated some amazing skill or, or gift. And she would have them on a show. And I think the reality is that, that they became, those videos became so popular that what happened was they could have Brad Pitt on the show or Beyonce and have one of these kids. And it was one of those things where people would go home or, or catch up with a husband or a wife or a friend at a, a dinner and say, Did you watch the Allen show today? Brad Pitt was on it. Oh, did you see that kid? That could juggle or that, mm. that could sing that song or did the interview yeah, and the truth was that was the stuff that people were going home to, to google or look at look at it on youtube they were looking at the kid clips and out of that came the format of little big shots so it was a uh, alan degeneracy did it and the show's been the, the format as we call it in television but the, you know the idea of the show and the show um has been a huge hit around the planet and, and it's australia's turn
0: yeah how involved were you? Did you just sort of come in after everybody's chosen and the performers and, and, um, or did you sort of, were you in there for any auditions or anything like that? Is there sort of backstories for any of these kids that you yeah, are involved well, so, with?
1: Uh, yes, I know. A, a, a bit yes and a bit no. So I was, um, I was in the production office on and off, uh, you know, in pre production stages mm-hmm. where I was constantly being shown tapes, um, and having, you know, kids' stories told to me. So I got to see a lot of them. Um, kind of move from you know concept stage of we've got all these kids on the menu to getting to the point of going, this kid's amazing, this kid has to be on the show. Um, so there's a team of people smarter than me that, that trailed the planet, because that's the thing that, that we've got to tell people, is it's not just kids from Australia, it's kids from around the planet um, doing these amazing, amazing things that we've, we've flown to Australia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my job wasn't necessarily to pick the kids, um, to kill them, because we had a massive list I mean, one thing I can say, the exciting thing is, there are so many kids out there that can do things that you just wouldn't believe they can do with their age. It makes me wonder what on earth I did with my first 10 years of my life, you know. <laughs> I keep saying the truth is, by the time I was 10, I was so impressed that I could tie my shoelaces and eat soup without spilling hot soup on my knee, or fold a bit of bread. You know, I thought I, was, I had it all going on. But yeah. one thing I've learned during the show is that, uh, that there are kids
0: that can do a lot more than I can. Are pushy parents involved? Do you think? Well, maybe pushy is maybe not the no, right but word, but people that that sort of motivate their kids to do to excellence. No, I found the, the exact opposite because okay. it's not a talent show, mm.
1: um, because there are no judges, and because it's not a entertainment performance based show where they've got to dance, dance and sing. I think if you know the kind of the show parents that people. Fear and you can see in entertainment are the ones that try and push the kids to, to, to perform better, you know. And in, in many cases, the kids want to do it, but you don't get show parents. In fact, some of, the, some of them are kind of reluctant and don't know what to do in the world of entertainment because their kid, some of them having, you know, there was one kid in particular who has an incredible knowledge of the medical world. And we found out with him, which is the complete opposite of every other kid on the planet, when his parents aren't watching, he's on a computer. Trying to learn as much as he can about the medical world and about the human body, and when the parents come into the room, he quickly turns it over onto a cartoon, so they think he's just watching cartoons because <laughs> they just want him to be a kid. So in fact, it's the opposite. The, the parents, you know, are, are kind of almost surprised they're sitting in a TV, uh, you no, know, TV live studio audience and on a television show because their kid can do something amazing so it's um it's very different from that point of view there's not kids being thrust on stage it's actually they've been and a lot of them became youtube sensations they kind of became kind of the reluctant star if you will
0: choosing a project like this to work on um what's what sort of things i mean you're a busy guy you do lots of stuff you've done a very diverse sort of career you know acting hosting you know um the motoring stuff, uh, movies, TV—is this? A, is this a, do you see it as a new challenge or is it just another gig?
1: This one was a no-brainer. It was—I've uh, got four kids of my own. I'm the um, chief scout of Victoria, so I spent a lot of time with youth, both yeah, yeah. you know, both as a parent and as the chief scout of, of Victoria. But the thing I love about that, I, I love, I love kids. I love, I love being around kids. I find them entertaining because yeah. they don't have the shackles that grown-ups have on them. Uh-huh. Um, there's kind of a free mind. And this show really is... It's Knowing there was going to be no judges, that was the point that made me go, I love it already. And I knew exactly where it had come from. I knew the Alan DeGeneres story. And... The second we started talking with Channel Seven and the whole production team and Warner's, it was immediately unveiled to me that there, you know, it's the same format. There are no judges, and we just want to have fun with the kids. And when we were talking about it, was you know, I said, you know, what rules are there around when we talk to the kids? And everyone said the same thing. There are none. That's the joy of the show. Now, there's been many shows. We think back to the shows in the past where, literally, there'd be kids sitting on a couch just talking to grown-ups and being asked questions and then we get to to hear kids' imaginations set loose. And knowing it was a combination of that and kids, in some cases, performing, but in um, other cases just showcasing some hobby that they've taken to the nth degree, I mean, it it just sounds like nothing but fun. And again, to repeat it, without there being a competitive edge to it, that no kid was going to be pitted against another kid. And I keep saying... I don't, not that I think it's a bad thing to have competition in life. I think kids have to know that life is competitive. You know, if you go for a job interview, you've got to be better than the next person. If you want to play football, netball, whatever it may be, you need to be better on the day than your opponent. But it's just nice to have something that actually just is just a pure celebration and enjoyment mm. of kids. And, you know, knowing that, that that's what this show was, it wasn't so much, should I do it? It's like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I kind of would be mad not to. And. Again, you know, and I always do say that growing old is inevitable, inevitable but growing up is optional, and I'm, I'm never going to grow up. So hanging out with kids, absolutely, I'm in.
0: <laughs> From what I've seen of it, there seems to be no shortage of talented um, kids to, to put on the program.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah, on, they, are, they are mind-blowing. And pe- people will discover it when they watch the show. They are, And that's the, the other thing is, it doesn't matter what kid you're watching on the show, that will in no way inform you. Of what you're gonna see next mm. it's not like when you watch other shows where you go it'll be singers or, or singers and dancers and it'll just be the same ones Peter and then you know they'll slowly get culled out it really is the Whitman's sampler chocolate box because it doesn't matter what you pull out of that box that flavor will not inform you what the next one is yeah. because uh, you know the very next kid could be a kid that can solve a three Rubik's cubes at once And the next kid could be a kid from India who can do inconceivable things on rollerblades, you know. So from that point of view, it really is, every guest is completely unique. And again, that's... That's another great bit too. But to answer your question in detail, is there a lot of kids out there with incredible talents? They are everywhere. The the you know it's so funny. I hear some people talk about the fact that the you know the world's become it could be a very dark place and there's a lot of serious things going on and you know the gen wine, you hear complaints. I, I think the future is in fantastic shape and in fan, and in good hands. There's still plenty of kids out there who are creative, um, who have passion for music and for skill and knowledge base. You know, you know, there is there is the next, you know, genius sitting out. There waiting to be discovered. Um, in, in, like I said, the kid with the medical knowledge, he could be, he could be the kid that can find the cure to cancer mm. f- purely by being driven to want to learn more. And then there's other kids there who can do amazing sporting things. So we have, we have, we've, we've met kids on that, on the show, and, and people get to see there are, we have future gold winning Olympians that we're meeting on this show, and I guarantee there'll be gold medals in Australia's bag over the next 15 years from kids that come on the show. So from that point of view, it was kind of it was kind of a bit inspiring, you know, without trying to overstate it, to watch these kids with this
0: ability. Well, some of your passion comes through on the screen. It sounds like the sort of show that if you watch a bit of it, if you sample a bit of it, you're going to be sort of hooked.
1: Yeah, and again, because they are so entertaining, but it's also, they're so amusing. Look, it just has to be said, we, you kind of can't, you can't prepare to interview a kid. I think if you do, you're wasting your time. It, it is a bit like saying, it is like putting out witches hats and saying, I'm going to get a cat to walk around this in sequence. You just go, no, not. That's not how cats work. <laughs> and that's the same as kids. Like you, that's the other joy of it. It is so amusing because the kids are just inherently funny and, uh, so that was the other joy of it too. You, d- you didn't... It would be a waste of time to prepare too hard for me to figure out the questions you're going to ask the kids because you just don't know what they're going to say. And and one thing I did do probably a little bit differently than, than, than other countries is I don't, I don't have cue cards on my hands with a list of questions to ask them because it's kind of pointless. If you really want to have fun with the kids, you just got to listen to them. And, and I would chat to the kids before they come out on stage and just to let them know there, there are no mistakes. There is no right or wrong on this show. There's a couch... I'm going to be sitting on the couch and we're going to have a chat and they can do or say whatever they want. I'm not their parent, I'm a parent, but I'm not theirs I'm, I'm, and I'm not their teacher um, and there is no school. So they should just enjoy themselves and they did just that.
0: So what, what the viewer will see, it's pretty pure in terms of as there weren't lots of retakes and stuff like that. We really see what, what happened.
1: Yeah, well, the interviews just keep running. We, we just kept chatting to the kids. And then at some point, we'd go, well, it's probably time you get up and show us what you do. <laughs> like, in fact, sometimes the kids would, would kind of go, can I show you my thing now? And we go, of course you can show us your thing. Because you know? <laughs> some of the kids are like, you know, chatting's good, but I'm, I can't wait to show you my skill. So, yeah, look, it, it, is, it is very much, it was all in front of a live audience. So, that you know, we couldn't do any kind of trickery or fakery, really, you know. Yes. It was uh, all shot in front of a live audience. So, yeah, and, yeah we couldn't fool them
0: again i'll come back to this when you decide to do a show like this is there a, a, a how conscious are you of is there a shane jacobson brand do you or does you does things just fall into place for you or because you you look at everything you've done and you sometimes think gee whiz it's, you've been very clever molding it all maybe or has or it just happened? god clever i like that
1: yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's say I'm clever. <laughs> no, it's um. Well, is there a brand? I'm, kind of, you know, I'm known as the guy next door, which I think is the greatest compliment I've ever been given. I got to ask mm. once: do, do I find it offensive that people go, "I'm just the average man"? I, I'm thrilled to be that. You know, if, if I, if, you know, when I'm when I'm finished, you know, when I leave the mortal coil, you know, I'd love it. My headstone to read, he was just a good bloke. <laughs> and uh, if it says that, I'd be I'd be stoked. But yeah. I think you kind of. It's the same as buying a house or a car. You kind of you buy things that kinda suit you do buy things that suit you and you wear the clothes that feel comfortable on you. And obviously, it's a pretty obvious thing. If I'm the chief scout of Victoria, I I have a passion for youth, Um, and humour is without a doubt something that I'm drawn to. Um, I probably think kids are okay. That's why I've decided to have four of them, you know. And according to my partner, there's you know there's actually five in the house. I'm the biggest kid in there. So, Um, but you know, you do have to make decisions. And and again, you know, if this was if this was if this was a show where there was a panel and I had to be the bad judge on the end, I I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, And so that's what makes this one. Again, for me, a, a bit of a lay-down was there to go, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to host that and sit on a couch and chat. And it's, it's also, um, again, that's it's a format. Like, we were... I was told by the entire... But the network... An entire production team just to go on stage and have fun with the kids. Yeah. And the other thing that really is important when I'm doing the show, Adam Hills is great. There's a few fantastic people that are, that are really good at it. That I'm not the star of the show. I'm I and, and I'm not even a host in a way. I'm just a guy on a couch having a chat to these kids. It's the kids. It's a great chance. Um, you know, grandparents are going to love it because, you know, there's nothing better than watching kids be what kids are. Parents are going to love it because they get to see kids um, do what kids do. People who don't have kids... There's one thing that's been a, a uniform decision by the entire planet, which is just the acceptance that kids are cute and they do say, dare we say it, the darndest things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, knowing the show's going to be nothing but, a you know, a, a long-running conveyor belt of that, then it, it, it's a great decision for me to do this. And I, dare I say it, if... Channel 7 had said, we're thinking about getting someone else to post it, I probably would have gone to that person's house and <laughs> nailed their door shut. <laughs> so they couldn't get out. I wanted to do this. <laughs>
0: look, a little bit of food's arrived, but look, I, I can't let this off. I've got to ask you about a couple of other things. You yeah, of course. You, you said you, before, you, having a chat, you've got a bit on at the moment. Mm. Look, I'll... I'll, I'll Rifle off a couple of projects, and if I miss anything, chuck them in. But I think a lot of people are very interested in sibling rivalry, and yeah. so just give us a, a, a little catch up on what that is and what stage you're at with
1: it. Yeah, so we've finished. So, sibling rivalry is a, a movie, um, uh, sibling rivalry. The name suggests that it's about, um, the, the uh, rivaling siblings which is me and my brother so it's about two brothers and my brother is being played in the film by my actual brother Clayton Jacobson so we kind of look alike that's that bit covered no need for makeup um look it's a dark film this is uh we, I don't advise the people when they finished watching little okay. big shots to then rush out and buy a ticket to sibling rivalry um it, it's two brothers who and we finished filming so it's in post-production now it's being edited as we speak um and it's about two brothers who go to extreme measures um, to try and save their inheritance um, because they've got a very poorly mother and they have a stepfather, their father's no longer around and they go to very extreme measures um, to try and save their inheritance and it doesn't all go that well It's a, it's a dark comedy, it's a, you've got to think kind of Fargo-esque uh-huh. to, uh, uh-huh. so to get an idea of what the film's
0: like Right, Clayton of course, Now I think he's in Top of the Late China Girl Yes and it's not
1: me. Don't, yeah, it's not me. People keep saying, we saw you in. You've heard that a bit? Oh, a lot. It's my poor brother. The same as when people say, that was great, that role you played in Animal Kingdom. I'm like, that wasn't me, that was my brother. <laughs> And they're saying to him, we loved you in Jack Irish. He's going, no, that's not me. Yeah. And then the funny part is he's acting in that, and one of the guys that's acting with him is the same guy that was in a Nissan Navara ad that people thought was me. Right. And now he's in a scene with my brother, so now no one's got any idea who any one of us
0: are. Right. <laughs> What's the age gap between you?
1: He's seven years older. He calls me spare parts. He, <laughs> he, he says I'm on earth just to, for him to steal bits off when he breaks down.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, he, he is very good in um, in um, Top of the Lake China I haven't seen it all yet, but what I've seen. Now, Sarah Snook's also in... Um, a sibling
1: rivalry, yeah. Well, Sarah, um, Sarah played my daughter in an oddball. Um, she played my daughter in the dressmaker. Um, she's not playing my daughter in this, uh, but she is in the film as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's amazing actress. She, oh, she is Australia's next Kate Blanchet.
0: There's no doubt about it. Yeah, You're, you're a lucky man. you get to work with some wonderful people, don't you? I mean, and she's she, she's just up there.
1: She's amazing. And anyone that doesn't know who she is, I, I promise you, I assure you, she has. I mean, her career. Has skyrocketed. It's just one of those things that, um, I mean, she's she's in orbit as yeah. far as her career, and yeah, she's, yeah. she's her, you know career was so successful that people here don't know about it yet. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do. There's no doubt about it. But in the industry, she's everyone has their eyes on her. Um, I mean, she's done some incredible stuff. You know, she's been yeah. in the Steve Jobs film, and yeah. she's
0: been, she's been in the West End recently too. I think yeah. a really significant. Absolutely, but,
1: yeah. yeah. So she. Uh, she, she's incredible and people will definitely know her name forever more if they don't know it yet yeah
0: um nest nest wow this sound I, look I know nothing about it yeah. I've had a quick look wow it sounds pretty interesting from what I've seen
1: yeah so it's now the, the new name for the film is Guardians of the Tomb Uh, they've changed the names here, that's with Kelsey Grammer Um, so that film's still to come out Um, Callan Lutz is in it, he was uh, sort of Hercules, he was in the Twilight movies Um, he was in The Expendables with Sylvester Stallone and all the rest of that and Arnie, Um, so yeah and uh, and, and, and a whole amazing cast as well, Li Bingbing who's a a massive um, star in China Um, Steph Dawson who was in The Hunger Games is in it so that film's uh, coming out
0: I think the end of this year yeah, and Kimball Rendell. Yes uh, Directing Yes Wow that's I remember him Who do gurus Absolutely. Video clips and Absolutely. stuff Absolutely right? well, yeah. He was a guitarist But he did
1: um, He's done a lot Of second unit directing He did a film called Bait Which is a uh, the most Successful Australian um, Chinese film that, that ever came out In China okay. uh, to, I think to date um, But he's, uh, he's He's a very Accomplished director He was um, sec- He's been second unit Director on things All the way back To the Matrix So he's actually uh, He's an incredibly Skilled man And just and A terrific bloke To be directed by he's an incredible calm temperament. He's, uh, he's soothing. He's like water over rocks. He makes them smooth over time very quickly.
0: Uh, is that far away do you think? I, I, th- I think this year. I think that okay. there's
1: going to be a big release uh, in Australia but in China as well we have got to tour of China with that one. Okay
0: and the, and there's not too many of these listeners but no, uh, another one at the barbecue. The barbecue is, is
1: due to come out um, next year. Start of next okay. year it hasn't
0: changed its name. Still the barbecue. That's the barbecue.
1: <laughs> that one's still the barbecue, and that's um that's in. I think they're talking to start of next year. That's with me and Magda Siewanski and and Manu Manu's got a, a got a, right. a role in it. So yeah. as well
0: playing. Yeah. You play a coach called Dazza. I play Dazza, Yeah,
1: that's very fitting. I think I make sense as a and there's, another, and there's another film. I don't even know if, if, if there's another one called That's Not My Dog, that we've just oh, okay. finished and that's coming nice. out uh, as been well. I so. <laughs> had a bit on. I had a bit on. I'm
0: very, very fortunate, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask you about Top Gear. Yeah. But I, I'm a Top Gear obsessive. I love the UK thing. I love what you guys did here. You know, yes. I went to the launch. It yeah, was in an, um, an airport down near Camden or yeah, something. Yeah, that, yeah,
1: yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we used the... Um, where, Camden was where well, we used one of the hangars um, out at the other airfield at Bankstown. You had the, the last lap there or something?
0: Did you yeah, was we that used, that used to do the, to the
1: Stars in a Reasonable Car. No, was out yeah. of Camden, yeah, out of the airfield there. It was, it was bizarre because we'd hire the, the, the airfield and there'd be a cut-off time. And they would say, you have to be off the air, the runway by 2 o'clock. And when right. we say 2 o'clock, <laughs> at 2.01 a plane is landing. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. We'd finish filming and those people would come out of holes in the ground and start ripping up witches hats and... Yes, yes. Yeah, but it was it was great fun. I mean, I'm always asked, is it you know, is it the best job in the world? And for a car for a car fanatic, it probably is. You know, I've been, I'm unashamedly a you know a motoring enthusiast. I've got a book which just come out now called Rev Head: My Life as a Motoring Tragic, wow. which is a book that's just come out for Father's Day. So, uh, but I've just that's another thing. I've just had the book come out. But yeah, look, I'm, it was it was great fun, and you know, I, you know, some some of the most fun I've ever had with a camera pointing at me was definitely you know racing other people's cars someone else's insurance yeah. and someone else's fuel.
0: you got to spend a little bit of time with Clarkson, May and Hammond.
1: Yeah, a lot be... of time. Well, I, I did six years of touring with them right up until uh, I think last year or the start of this year. I, I'd been doing the um, Top Gear arena stunt shows and arena spectaculars and I was actually the creative director of Top Gear Festival at Eastern oh, Creek. Right. Um, for years, so um, yeah, Jeremy, the guy's still in contact with him. In fact, Jeremy uh, lent a lent a quote for the front of my book to, to promote that. I, you know, gave a quote that's very Jeremy Clarkson said, "If you read one book this year, it better be one one of mine. If you read two, maybe read this one," is what he said. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Have you seen much of the Grand Tour? What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's, it's just good to see the guys together again. It's kind of one of those things that. Um, It'd be like, you know, if the Rolling Stones, you know, kind of stopped calling themselves the Rolling Stones <laughs> and they just all got back together mm. and uh, and called themselves Frog Legs, they'd still be, you know, Frog Legs would yes. still be one of the best bands in the world, wouldn't it, <laughs> you know, at what they do. Mm. And, and the guys, you know, the, the, it doesn't matter what the show is or who films it, as long as it's those three, it will always be entertaining because they are... They are, they are exactly who they appear on screen when you when you go out with them or sit off holiday with them you know sure so uh, that's what they're like yeah,
0: they're, yeah. Good, they're
1: good fun to be they are they truly are this good fun to be around
0: yeah, yeah. it's just a, it's just an amazing story the whole thing the success of it and the, the business behind it and what they've been able to achieve
1: yeah and look at that, it's their chemistry that, that makes it work it's, it's there's nothing else you know it was a car show and it has been as you know for a really long yeah. while but it wasn't until they decided to actually make it more about the entertainment they realized that just just reviewing cars isn't going to work for very long yep. um and so once they started saying look this is a piece of entertainment that's when it really it really took off and there's nothing else quite like it and for, for people enjoy a bit of a laugh and a bit of motoring it, it is the perfect soup.
0: yeah I quite like the top gear without them as well. I say how much I'm into the brand. Yeah. Maybe the second series was better than the first. But it was, I thought it was, they did some really good work. Yeah, absolutely. You know what it's like, mate. You've been in the
1: game long enough. But it's, you can't step into someone's shoes immediately. Um, and it doesn't matter what it is. And you can use any analogy. of new football, a new player on a football team or a new tennis player you know, on doubles. Like Unless they've spent a lot of time together. Chemistry is something that... Sure, if it's in a lab and it's in non-human form, in the hands of a scientist, they can make chemistry work. But with humans, it takes time. Yes. It's so seldom do you find out that someone, people have a group beyond two, have instant chemistry. Um, and especially when their brand is around kind of having a dig at each other, you've got to be old mates to do that and to get away with having a go at another person when other people know that there's actually no evil intent behind it that takes a bit of work. If you just throw three people in a room and go have a dig at each other, it just becomes rude or abrasive and it, that's, it's obvious that that's not what they're doing when they're with each other. They're actually just three guys, you know, kind of three smart individuals who aren't racing drivers. They're not engineers. They're just motoring enthusiasts. And at that point, you know, it's pretty simple to see that they have very ambitious ideas with really sometimes quite crap outcomes because yeah. they're not geniuses and that's 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 the beauty of what they do.
0: Yeah,
1: And, and I think some people... Think they, you know, I, you know, I, I could host a show. I know everything about a car. It's like they don't know everything about a car. They they have passion for them, and that, I think that's why the format works. But as you say, going back to the to the the new guys that are on there, well, I reckon they've found their stride now. You know, mm. they really have. And it's a tough gig. It's it's hard to be in the Rolling Stones covering cover band when the Rolling Stones are still on tour, oh, yeah. Yeah. and that's what they've had to do. But I think they've done very well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they've they've done really well to keep that brand alive and interesting. You yeah, know? yeah. If you just just forget the fact that there used to be other guys doing it. Judge it on what it is now,
1: you know. And yeah, and look the fact is if you watch it on its own merits, it's a it's yeah. a good show. Yeah. But if you do the comparison, I think that's probably a bit unfair to all involved. Sure. It, it's a, it's it's still the same brand, it's a different thing with different hosts, but they're they're good at what they do. Yeah.
0: There's one other acting role I want to talk to you about, but while we just saw motor cars. Have you got a big garage? What, what? How? How serious is your passion?
1: It's. Uh, yeah, I've got. I've got quite a few cars. There's old ones. Is kind of my thing. I've got an e 1964 E. H. Holden that's uh, been restored. <laughs> I did a film called Charlie and Boots with Paul Hogan, um, and I've got that H. J. Kingswood that I've fully restored, and that now oh, links nice. to the whole museum. You in did you yourself? Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got mates that, that, that are a bit better at it than me oh, okay. I tinker but I swear to god <laughs> I start wobbling towards the car with a screwdriver and I just hear someone from the corner go get away from the car you can drive it when I'm finished I get yelled at when I get near it um, and and motorbikes as well I'm, I'm the yeah. ambassador for Indian motorcycles so I've got mm-hmm. sort of three or four yeah. motorbikes and I've got a, and I've got old things I've got you know an old Land Cruiser Ute and my daily driver I've got a Porsche Cayenne, the, the GDS. Mm-hmm. It's uh, five years old now, but right. if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, um, and you know, holding it for the farm and four wheel bikes and race buggies, and yeah. So I, I do. I still do a bit of bit of racing here and there, and run around Bathurst in you know, a Toyota eighty six when I get a chance with the Petters Race Team. And I actually just raced. I've got a race buggy, a Polaris race buggy. I just actually raced on the weekend. I had w- one day that I've that I've had kept outside in my diary, and the world tried to take that day off me. <laughs> and uh, I didn't let it happen, I ran away.
0: <laughs> We're hearing all this, people will start to understand what a packed schedule you've got. Because that acting work, your motoring passion, your family, it's, um, wow. You're juggling yeah, a lot. It, it is a lot, but I'm blessed. I, I'm not one of those people um, that
1: has a single complaint. I had someone ask me in an interview the other day, you know, do you have any regrets or is anything you change? changed? It's like, I would not change a thing. My dream has come true. Um, I'm, you know, I've got the best partner in the world four beautiful, healthy kids. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an entertainer and a host and a presenter. I'm, I'm getting a chance to do all of those things. So if the only downside is I've got to be a little bit busy every now and then, I'll cop it. There's people out there who work real jobs Yes. That actually have to work hard, there's nurses that work long hours, there's single mothers out there. I, I, there's not a single
0: complaint I could have other than I'm blessed. Yeah, and that's yeah. not a complaint, that's a thanks to the planet, you know. I'll, I'll end with Time of Our Lives. Yeah. Wow, well, great series, two seasons, two seasons. Yeah. Uh, Justine Clark's um, we partnered. With yeah, she was my wife. We married,
1: married in the last episode, right? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it was a chance for a lifetime. Claudia Carvin, Stephen Curry, William McGuinness, myself, Justine Clark, and, and, you know, Stephen Curry's one of my best mates. You Justine. Worked Cl- a bit with
0: him, too. Haven't
1: you? Yeah, and, and we kind of do it on purpose. We kind of get near each other a lot because we're mates, and Justine Clark's the nicest person on the planet. Um, my daughter. I mean, we go to see those shows. with kids, my daughter can't call her just Justine. She has to call her Justine Clark. So, like, if you met Mick Jagger, I think out of respect you have to say Mick yeah, Jagger. You yeah. just can't go, hey Mick. You have to say, excuse me, probably Mr. Jagger. Mm. Um, I've mentioned us Rolling Stones three times, haven't I? <laughs> I might have to move on to the Foo Fighters or something to even it out. But um, look, it was it was such a great it was such a great production, and uh, and it was great such a strong female characters, and you know the producers were, were females, and the writers most of the majority of the writers were females, and I think it really came through, that they were contemporary family issues, and um, I, st- I still get I still get stopped constantly by people saying, gosh, please tell me that show's coming back, mm-hmm. and I threw the bearer of bad news. Someone so, asked me today about that. Yeah, and it's not, which is unfortunate, but you know what, I was lucky to be a part of it when it was uh, when it was going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did that, I, I don't know, but did that stretch you more than some of the other things you've had to do on... I don't know if that's the right way to no, put it. No, it is. you no, know is. what I mean? Yeah,
1: so yeah it does. Because there's, there's some... Pro- the ones that have stretched me... I did beacon seal before that. That, that, okay, that, yes. that yeah. certainly... Um, Flex the acting muscle, there's no doubt about that. But, yeah, it was because it was... Um, in order for that show to work, you had to be everyone had to be completely real, yep. and to act natural in front of a camera is a very unnatural act. And so, and you, you know, but the, the great thing is when you're working with the people, Tony Barry, the cast we had was so good that it does make it, you know, grand final teams win grand finals when you're playing alongside really good players, mm-hmm. and it's a bit easier when you kick a ball and it's marked by you know someone else who's got some skill, and that's what happened. in there. Every line that was delivered to you and every person you were delivering a line to was. Uh, was fantastic at their job and, and that kind of made it you know they probably dragged me through that production yeah
0: <laughs> shane look we're gonna let you eat now mate look great uh great catching up with you great chatting love your work Thanks and mate. um little big shots looking forward to
1: it M- well you don't have to for much longer thank <laughs> goodness it's here <laughs> sunday seven o'clock seven on seven be there good on you thank <laughs> you <laughs> Bye, mate.